Hey, what's good, everyone? It's Sammy Sometimes, a podcast with me, Sammy Lee. And this week is all about if men and women can be just friends. And I'm super excited to explore this topic with R&B soul singer, songwriter, and my best friend, George Tandy Jr. Oh, don't forget the junior. We explore so much from the value of co-ed friendships, the Harry Met Sally effect, friend zoning as a good thing. And now that George is married, what will happen to us? Oh, man, let's get into it. First of all, I'm super proud of you, and I love this idea of you doing a podcast. <laughs> if this isn't one of your better ideas, I don't know what is. Oh, thank you. I don't, I've been thinking about this for so long, and to actually um, put it together feels good. Feels right. Yeah, I'm happy. I'm happy, and I love the topic. Men and women, just friends? Shocker. I think it's weird that people still think that men and women can't be friends. Or there has to be a a caveat to that friendship. Because, like, how long have we known each other now? Like, maybe we met back in... It was like 20 years. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I even remember the day I met you. I do. I was coming in to to get a feel of um, what it would be like to work for this particular dance company. And you guys were doing your rehearsal. And I watched. Um, and at the very end of, of your rehearsal, you guys were going over procedures or whatever you guys were going over. And you're like, mm-hmm. that's great and all. Who's that? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, wow. Kind of arrogant. Yeah, that sounds about right. And I was like, okay. And from there, we were just what? We went on to, to be on the same dance team. Mm-hmm. Hip-hop competition. Which is still funny. I, I, it feels like a whole other life. We look like, we look like, <laughs> uh, yeah, we look like Wakanda <laughs> with like some sort of ninja influence, some sort of samurai influence. Wakanda meets samurai meets Me. so you think you can dance. Yeah. <laughs> hey, we were Plato. We were loved. We captured the hearts of many. And and Nike too because they did release a shoe shortly thereafter. Remember because D's shoe broke on stage or just before we were about to take the stage, and all we could find was red gaffers tape, and so oh, we yeah. taped up her yeah, shoe. We taped everybody's shoe. And then so we taped up everybody's shoe, so it looked the same. And then I think the next season Nike came out with a shoe that had the same like red strip around the front. Just saying though. No, I want my check. <laughs> I want my check. Where's my check? <laughs> <laughs> we didn't really get along. When we first met. That's an understatement, Sammy. <laughs> Sammy, let's get into it. <laughs> what? Let me tell the story. Okay, so we're on the same dance team, and I hold myself accountable. I was very unorganized, but I wanted to be a leader, and I was very, very arrogant because my passion was pushing past people's needs like and and like reason you know so Sammy did not like me <laughs> straight up she was like well cuz Sammy has questions all the time and i had no answers i was just like let's just do it again let's do the routine why? again but why and i interpreted her you know even if there was some reasonable questions in there i took them all as whining just, just <laughs> can you just please stop complaining and learn this? 
Um, so we ended up to me because I'm a very um, I'm a pragmatic person. So it's like okay. Yes, I have a creative side, but I also battle with being a pure Virgo and I have a very logical, structured sort of way to step forward. And Mm -hmm. I really found it fascinating that, you know, you're a very creative individual who had no structure. I'm like, so where is this ship going? Why are we doing this? We're wasting time. How can we streamline this whole process? (laughs) Right. So Sammy uses fascinating uh, in the place of another F word. 100%. Um, so, yeah, so we basically cursed each other out. It um, was, a numerous, numerous occasions. Was it more than once? Yes. But they were like small little, like, oh, okay. Yeah. Here and there. But like, then we had one real big blowout. And I think I went one way, you went another. And Later on, the other members of the group was kind of like, it was like watching mommy and daddy fight. I didn't know what to do. (laughs) (laughs) And here we are. Yeah, and I don't even really understand what the shift was. But I do know that as we went on through building this group and practicing together at all hours in, in all crazy locations, at some point, I think I had to give you a ride and I picked you up earlier. And I remember coming in, and that was the first time I saw your entire family chanting Nami Horenge Kyo together. And I Mm -hmm. really was just sort of like completely fascinated by it. And I had a thousand and one questions. And I was like, well, I don't really have anything else to talk to this dude about as we had a drive to Boca. So, uh, yeah. And I remember asking you a lot of questions about that. So maybe that might have been the turning point in in our relationship. Because I don't think we ever had like a, let's have a sit down yeah. And discuss feelings and no. uh, and really unpack all of it. We didn't have one of those. We I think we're one. well. We've had many of them over 20 years, and we're having another one now. Yes, but in that moment, that those <laughs> early stages, no, yeah, no, they, no, there no. was none of that happening. It was just well, I said what I said. <laughs> I said what I said. I think what works, at least with us, is that at some point we started acknowledging what we learned from each other. So really, I know I'm going to come away from our conversation having learned something, whether it's about you or a way to look at something or how to handle something in my life or, you know, or how to perceive something that's happening that has nothing to do with either one of us. I always know that I'm going to come away with some some learning of some sort. I'm either going to be more (laughs) I'm definitely more organized. Proof (laughs) is in that. Right before this conversation, I'm sending over stuff I researched about this topic. I'm like, I took your notes and made my own notes. You know what I mean? Like, ready for it. I don't know what it is, vice versa, but uh, I think oh, that no, that's definitely. the thing, you know? For me, I what I've pulled from you over the years is how to be flexible. Even when things are hitting the fan and they're falling apart, how to somehow try to just enjoy the wave of it, you know, and not get too caught up in certain aspects of that. Because I'm a very, like, I used to be very rigid, and I'll own that. I'm very, very much like, well, I used to, you said eight. It is 8.05. Why oh, you got yeah. me out here waiting? Yeah. I don't understand. You know, so so now I'm just kind of like, yeah, okay, sure. You know, yeah, yeah. whatever you want. Yeah, okay, cool. Because for me, I feel like, okay, I've done the work. I'm prepared. So, Whatever happens at this point, I can roll with it. I don't need to follow my plan 
And my plan doesn't necessarily mean that it's the right way either. You right. know, so I've learned to like dial back on some of that. And a lot of that's ego and arrogance, right? So I think right. you have you that was this creative mind that's also equally ego and arrogance, meeting yeah. with me, that's a very pragmatic, logical mind, arrogance and ego. And you know, explosiveness right. is gonna happen. But to be able to turn something so negative into something that is so beautiful and so positive, I I could not imagine me being at this stage in my life without you. Yeah, you're a big part of my life in the sense of the stuff that I've learned from you over the years and <laughs> situations that we've entered into. Like you'd say, hey, I'm gonna drive to get some ice cream. You wanna come? And I'm like, no, but I'm gonna go get a tattoo. You wanna come? <laughs> so yeah. I'm like, oh snap, what? oh, we doing that? Oh, okay, then I guess we're doing that. Yeah. And it's just really nice to share these more spirited moments that I don't think I, I've ever been as playful. And that playfulness that I have now, I know I attribute to my time with you. Yeah. And yeah, I appreciate I that. that. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know who you are actually right now. <laughs> who is this person? When I went down to celebrate you and your nuptials to your lovely bride. Oh, yeah. My dad was driving me to the airport and the topic came on the radio and was like, oh, married men can't have single female friends. And I'm just kind of like, what, what, <laughs> you know? And so my dad, his initial reaction was like, you know, things are gonna change now with you and George. It's gonna be different now. And I was sort of like, you know, I know that he comes from a very old school train of thought. So just, I figured it was easier just to be like, okay, dad. And just like agree, as opposed to try to have this like in-depth conversation in the 10 minutes I have left with him before I get on yeah. <laughs> a flight back to New York. Yeah. It was just sort of easier. But then in, I was, as I was sitting on the flight, I was really thinking it over. I'm like, does does that change? Because this is new territory for us. But there's never been a dynamic that made it awkward, at least not within my relationship. Was that ever an issue within your relationship? Mm, no. I, I think it's natural to have conversations. I think I think what's revealing is whether people are willing to have straight up conversations about their relationships with other people and like even the nuances whether there was a moment or where there wasn't a moment you know what i'm saying obviously you want to know if there is a moment where this single friend is you know an attraction or something like that but you know the most that's ever happened is okay what's the nature of your relationship that that's the question and i think that's a fair question to ask in any case oh 100 so, you know, so you know how to navigate we do it I mean, you find it in, in the business world, you find it in any network working world. If you're on a team and let's say the, the primary person on the team, let's say the, the face of that team is going to meet other individuals, um, he, he or she wants to know what's the nature of the relationships around me so I can navigate this space respectfully. And I think that, I personally think that respect is the operative word. Like so long as like you can respectfully go into these conversations, I think anything is possible. I think if people are going to be honest and respectful, I think anything's possible. I've never had an issue with it. I don't think I've had one either. Actually, no, I take that back. <laughs> it wasn't so much an issue so much as it me just basically like, okay, well, this is my best friend. 
and just leaving it at that. And then down the way, during um, a very drunk conversation, he was just like, well, are you sure it's just friendship? Are you Uh sure? And it's like, well, now you're projecting because those are your insecurities because I came to you out of the gate. And I said, hey, these, these are my really close friends. And I speak about George no differently than I speak about Lily or Aaron or any of my other really, really close friends. So I don't understand where this is coming from now, other than you're tipsy and you're possibly feeling insecure. Do you think it is okay to call someone out on that? Or how do you navigate when your partner is feeling insecure, even though there's no reason for them to feel insecure about your friendship with someone from the opposite sex? I think it's it's cool that you're able to identify right away, okay, this is a little bit of insecurity. So what's my relationship with my partner's insecurity? So does that intimidate me? If that frightens me and I'm not able to encourage this person in some sort of way and reinforce feelings of, you know, whatever respect for the relationship that we have while speaking up for the the value of my relationship with the other person, then I need to analyze my relationship with that person if I'm if I feel insecure because they're insecure. But what I've been doing lately is having conversations about ownership. Like who owns who? When did this become a part of the conversation? Right? Now that we've crossed the threshold into romanticism, now all of a sudden I own your whereabouts, your conversations, and even the degrees of attraction that you have to other people. You know, because I couldn't honestly say that there's no level of attraction to my single female friends because that wouldn't be true. If there was no level of attraction, then how would they be my friend in the first place? Like it doesn't, you know, whether it's whether it's physical or mental or there's some level I'm attracted to this person's whole persona and some to some degree. And if that makes somebody feel like like i don't know somebody's trespassing (laughs) then all of a sudden i feel like territory and i feel really weird that's an interesting way of putting it right because at the end of the day we are attracted to other people whether it's oh my gosh this person something about their vibe and this is not even about gender this is literally a human being and it's kind Mm -hmm. of like oh the friends that you have you attract them into your life for a reason, whether it yes. was they have dope f- fashion sense, so that's the girl yes. you're shopping with. Oh, that person is a walking library. Oh, dope, I'm gonna totally, att- I'm attracted to this person because they're they're a wealth of knowledge. Like, right. yeah, like I don't think it matters then at that point about your gender. It's, it's what your life calls to. As soon as we start thinking of the dynamics between men and women, whether they're friendship, whether it's ro- romance, it automatically, that thought process of we're equal wipes away. Oh, yeah. Gender equality in the workplace and all that stuff. That's that's a whole like that. We do a whole <laughs> other episode that's on a, that. Episode. But like as far as like gender equality with social relationships, I feel like that's a I actually feel like that's that could be the area or the found, growth in that area could be the foundation for all other areas of equality. Like if we can on a on a social level. Maybe not. Equality isn't the word that I like to use. I like fairness because equality assumes that both people need the same things, you know, and fairness, I feel like, allows for people to have conversations about their needs and how they vary. So there's emotional resources available in a relationship and you might not need the same things as me. 
So it might not be equal on surface level, but the way we treat each other is fair. Mm, you know? Okay, fair, I've never heard you know? it presented that way. Yeah, so because I, I ask you is uh, how you feel about this and what does this mean to you and how much of this uh, makes you feel like you're in a healthy relationship with me and you do the same, but those answers aren't the same, but we navigate with those things in mind and in consideration, then I feel like we have something valuable and ultimately, all of our connections with other people either create value for our lives or they don't. So that's the beauty, I think, of having co-ed friendships. You're pulling in resources and, and, and opportunities to discover new aspects of not only just yourself, but another person. And in a sense, it changes your viewpoint on society. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think that I think that. And I saw that you did like a Facebook poll, I think, <laughs> which is which is so cool because, you know, you're going to get a variety of responses. But I think that like when you when you talk about this, I think about both romanticism and perversion. Right. So so the people that take that hard stance that men and women or or like specifically heterosexual men and women cannot be friends. Right. I would challenge, I, I would like to hear their viewpoints on romanticism, and I would like to hear their viewpoints on, on perversion, specifically like sexual perversion, like degrees of perversion. Because if I can only see a woman within those two realms, then I feel like it's my responsibility to broaden my horizons. Mm. You know, and, if, and, and vice versa. If you can only see me and maybe maybe those two realms aren't the strongest ones, vice versa. I don't know if like maybe romanticism. Yeah, man, romanticism, maybe guys fall into the trappings of like the provider complex. And some women see men as providers all the time. And maybe that's the only way you see them or, you know, what I'm saying like, right. I, I like to challenge myself to see people as multidimensional and to find out what areas of their persona and their whole vibe actually complement what it is that I'm trying to accomplish in my life. But I can't say that it's always been that way. I can't, and I can't say that I'm able to do that with everybody. If I, I think that in all honesty, if I'm too attracted, too physically attracted, I will avoid, I will avoid someone if I'm too physically attracted or I will avoid, I, you know what I'm saying? Like, because I don't want to like, I have to check myself all the time. I feel like I always have to check myself. And I like it. I feel like it's mature. And people who don't want to take on the challenge, I think, are the ones that will take the strong stance. Absolutely not. <laughs> they cannot. I think it's something that's very different when um, you have a foundation of a friendship established, right? And now you've had X amount of years with this person. So now you, you meet new people and you're mm -hmm. navigating, okay, how does this person fit into my my life currently? Like, mm -hmm. where would they fit? What is, you know, what's happening here? And you're right. If if out the gate there's an instant overwhelming attraction, it's like, okay, I am setting myself up for possible failure. Let's not do this when I respect my spouse or my partner or, you know, whatever dynamic that you might be in. And I think that is wise. I do, however, think 
um, oftentimes I, 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 one of the Facebook comments was sort of like, oh, well, if you're married, then you really can't have female friendships. Mm. Yes, men, or something like, oh, sorry, it was, yes, men and women can be friends, but if, if one is married, then either they need to include their partner into that, into that friendship, or they need to dial back on the friendship because now you're 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 pinning your your spouse against your friend, and I and I'm a part of me was like, hmm, I disagree with that. Depend. I mean, also again, I can't make a generalization because that's not fair. But yeah, just yeah. sort of like you know, I I think within the context of of us, if I was married or had a partner, um. I think there's an understanding of just, like you said, respect all around and, you know, trying to respect everyone's feelings. But for me to have to give up a friendship um, because of someone else's insecurity, then that's a different conversation that we need to have. It's not the conversation of my friendship. It's a what's going on between us yeah. conversation, you know, because and, and also it would be also a very different thing if I make a new friend. And there's and you there's no way of navigating that person's intention just yet because they're a new friend. So I can see having those maybe power dynamics in a relationship because mm-hmm. it's still it's uncharted territory. But in an established friendship, a friendship that was there before you, and then for you to want to come in and change things, I feel like that that there's another kind of conversation that needs to happen. It's not yeah. a conversation about the friendship. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like is the friendship a placeholder like is this person a placeholder well for a lot of people it is like a lot of people have like these weird um contingency plans like well this is my best friend and if it just doesn't work out for me maybe i'll pull that trigger and maybe we'll hook up or um that i've i've heard that in fact i know of a couple who um they were the dearest friends and and out of convenience they got married but they but they they have a they have a non-intimate Sorry, a non-physically intimate relate marriage. So I'm just like, you just locked yourself off. <laughs> like you just done. Are they free to uh, um, get their physical intimacy elsewhere? Um, I believe one does and the other one doesn't. Uh, I don't know how that works, you know, per se. That is something I definitely want to explore further because there's so many unconventional relationships that are out there now that. Personally, as a single woman, it makes dating hell of a lot harder, but I could not imagine within the relationship having that friendship, but then uh, the marriage minus the, the physical intimacy. Yeah. So I don't know. I just. I, right. <laughs> I mean, that's creative, you know, I don't. I mean, great tax do? breaks, I guess. Right. What'd you say? I said great tax breaks. Tax breaks. Yeah. Tax breaks for sure. Pulling money to purchase properties. I mean, I can see there's a lot of like life goal meeting um, points they get to hit because the bank account increases, the um, the comfort level increases because you always are having someone around. If yeah. you're into that. Not to be. <laughs> <laughs> you're into you know, that. If, if if that's your thing. <laughs> <laughs> says okay. the one who, who appreciates some alone time let's say <laughs> anyhow <laughs> Sam we're gonna get married y'all gonna live in separate houses
Okay, so some of the stuff that people threw out there in reference to men and women being friends. At least one party is drawn to the other sexually. One of these days, we're gonna get a little tipsy and possibly make out. I think sexual tension is always there. Men and women can only be friends when the woman dictates the friendship. I would get word if your guy was off doing one-on-one stuff with a woman. There would be no way he could ever worm his way into your pants. It isn't possible, especially if the woman is single. I've noticed that like the ongoing trend here is the woman is the 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 main um, point of difference. It's either she dictates how the friendship's gonna go. It's either she has to be um, in a relationship or not, and that's overall like the saying. I'm just like, well, that seems so one-sided. It's as if to say that we're this this temptress in all situations. Yeah. I don't know. I, like, what would be the alternative to that? First of all, like, like, what are you trying to say? So you could be. Is what they're saying? Do you think what they're saying is, if she's not single, then maybe you can be friends because you're both because you're both involved with somebody. Then, then it's possible. Is that? I think so. I think it's the idea that basically once you're married, you're supposed to hang out with other married people or other coupled people that you you shuck your your single friends. That's essentially what all of this boils down to when I hear it. And it's kind of, um, I think it's a sad way to exist. You know what I don't like? You know what else I don't like about that? Uh, If if she's single, then it's not possible because it also, um, it also perpetuates this idea that, uh, that a woman cannot manage her desires and her emotions and stuff. Not only a tempstress, which is that how you say it? Temp? Temp- Temptress. Yeah. Not only that, but <laughs> even just kind of underestimating a woman's ability to respect a relationship and like and respect her own feelings, regardless of what the relationship is. You know, I, I don't like that stuff. Again, like I don't like the this ownership thing. I'm supposed to own my behavior, my perspective, my intentions. If I can own all of those things, then I can be friends with whoever the hell I want to be friends with. Or I can make decisions. I can make wise decisions. You know, don't mean we all got to hang out together. Right. Like there, like there's no guarantee that. Let's say there was no guarantee that my wife was going to get along with you. Right. But there is a guarantee that we were going to remain friends because that was decided long before we could hang out. You know what I'm saying? Like it ain't to me. It's it's maturity. Because I think it comes down to maturity. So I was reading Psychology Today, and they offer tips for negotiating a satisfying opposite sex friendship. Oh, as what? <laughs> One, understand different friendship needs. Two, communicate your intentions. Three. Only stay with fair trades. What does that mean? I have no idea. I stay with fair trades. Oh, I think basically meaning like every relationship is an exchange, right? You, there's a trade that happens. Both parties are are coming into and coming away fulfilled equally, as opposed to it being like one person is always giving and the friend is always taking. Or, which that, you know what I mean? Like, I think that's what that means. And it basically concludes with, can men and women 
be just friends? In many cases, the answer is no. Friendship between men and women is not impossible. However, it does require someone with friendship goals matching your own. Oh. I'm like, I didn't realize it was that much of an effort, <laughs> to be honest with you. I, I like that last statement. It's like, oh, your friendship goals that are similar to your own. That feels like a given. I think that's kind of like, it's pretty obvious. That's what and, I thought too. But I feel- how long is that list of friendship goals? <laughs> <laughs> Like, I don't know. Just respect me. I don't know. <laughs> you know, let's just have fun. Respect me, me. Have fun. You know. Yeah. Hit, respect. hit me up every now and then. Check in. Yeah. But, you know, the but, basic. But I will say it is harder for me now, I think, to have male friends as as I get older. But I don't know if it's necessarily. Well, I think I might just be friends in general. Like, I just sometimes I just can't people. I was reading this. I was reading this thing. I, I, I sent it to you right before this I about you know, whether men men and women can just be friends. And apparently, based on this this study that they did, they said that, uh, let me find this, let me find this part right here. But anyway, I remember one part where it said, younger men were uh, four times more likely to hold romantic feelings towards their, um, their friend, their female friend, but older men were 10 times more likely to have some, some silent, sort of quiet, long-held feelings for their quote-unquote platonic friend, woman, female friend. So that might make it harder as you get older to make friends. With them, <laughs> it, it, might, it probably doesn't feel as as genuine as it needs to. They secretly are trying to, you know, get in there. <laughs> I blame, I blame um, movies. For, for for some of this, to be honest with you. I think because, like, it's the Harry Met Sally effect, right? Have you ever seen that when Harry Met Sally movie? I think so. I'm horrible with titles, so what happened? It's the one with Meg Ryan, and they're basically friends. And at some point, they start liking each other at different stages in their friendship. And, she, okay, it's the movie where they're in the coffee shop, in the coffee shop and she's ordering or what have you. And then they're talking about how women fake it. And he's like, oh, no one's ever faked it. And then she ends up having an orgasm. She fakes an orgasm right there in the restaurant. And this other lady's like, I'll have what she's having. <laughs> <laughs> you totally have seen this. But, um, but I think it's that. I think people romanticize the idea of oh, I know this person so well, so we have to, at the end of it all, we're going to end up together. So I think because, again, we we often take our cues from the things that we, we take in from the various medias and whatnot growing up. And so if people aren't really talking and aren't exposed to having different genders around them in, in platonic ways, I think the media then is the substitute. And so people think, well, this is what's going to happen. If 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 you and your friend go off together and hang out, then you're going to have a Sally what meets Harry moment and you guys are going to fall in love. Or it's going to be my best friend's wedding when Julia Roberts, uh, <laughs> when Julia Roberts attends her best friend's wedding. And then he and she's basically trying to, like, tell him how much she's in love with him at like during this whole wedding weekend. I'm just like. Chick, you had mad years. Like, let it go. So so (laughs) many opportunities. Like, this is not it. You don't. It's like now you're in the red zone. There's a whole Hollywood um, template about all of this. So I think it's the idea that people see this, and by default, because Hollywood said so, it's true. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Because well, like, all right. So I've 
taken a pretty hard stance against or in my own heart against falling into the trappings of romanticism because the narrative always sounds something like that right that the narrative is always the the, the most value you can get out of interacting with another human being regardless of gender right is to go into these physically intimate love spaces and if you don't go in there you're not going to get the best of the person you're not going to get the best of yourself based on the connection with that person and again and again in my life that has shown me i've been shown that that is not necessarily <laughs> true like think about all the romantic relationships that didn't work right mm -hmm. so the best thing that's supposed to happen to happen to us the best thing that we're supposed to be able to create is this loving lovey touchy gushy sort of relationship with somebody where it's just all hearts and flowers and stuff like that and usually if that's the focus and you're not able to go into some other spaces where you challenge each other mentally or you challenge each other's shortcomings or you both work on your shortcomings together or like and i could hear people saying well that's what love is well, actually like respect right respect and appreciation for anybody can allow you to collaborate on life with anybody the love components i feel like love is more of a, a practice like Love is more actually practical than anything. Like it's more like consideration and thoughtfulness. You know what I'm saying? And a sharing of things. I don't know. No, I agree. I think sometimes in in romantic relationships, I think people overthink the process. Yeah. I'm currently dating, and I went on a date with a guy, and I enjoyed his company. We had a great conversation, but I knew that like instant, oh wasn't really there. And so yeah. I, I told him, I was like, honestly, I, I enjoy speaking with you and I want to keep getting to know you, but I want to just move forward as friends and maybe down the way something might change. He lost his mind. And I was like, well, hell, man, now I don't even want to be your friend. <laughs> so like, right. this is just dead in the water. Because somehow the concept of being a friend has now been given this label as as if it's some that doesn't have any value to it and to me i'm thinking that has so much value that yeah. you have no idea what kind of bond that you build if you're willing to lay down that kind of foundation because we're entering that knowing okay there's a possible um component of us coming into an, a physically intimate relationship yeah. So but I'm just simply saying I want to slow down and just build a friendship first. So I stated my intentions very, very clearly. It's like, hey, let's see where this builds. Just because life has taught me that some people can be very deceptive in their intentions while they're telling you one thing, but in their heart, they mean another. So if you're oh, building yeah. a friendship with someone, then you're hoping to gain um, that that same type of trust and respect that yeah. you have with any of your friends, but then hopefully it leads into a little bit more. Maybe in that that building, yeah. you're like, oh, okay, you're you're my partner. You, let's yeah. rock. Friend zoning and cancel culture, like, oh, they cancel, oh, right? Yes. Friend zoning and all that stuff, all of that dismissive sort of stuff. Like, I, I I try not to really go in there too much. At least, like, I think the friend zone is a happy place. If you're afraid of friendship because you didn't get what you wanted, you didn't really want to sustain what you wanted. You yes. didn't want it to, to be sustainable. 
you're trying to get that hit. You're trying to get that that hit of whatever chemicals are released when you get what you want from someone rather than the sustainable release of endorphins when you can act when you're actually creating and building something with somebody. So what has happened with me? I don't, let me know. I wonder if this has happened with you is like, although there are instances where m- maybe people are misleading. Right. I've misled myself because I didn't take an opportunity to build a friendship with somebody and I didn't get an opportunity to see them mad. I didn't get an opportunity to see them deal with obstacles. I didn't get an opportunity to see how they talk to their parents. I didn't get an opportunity to see how they talk to waiters and waitresses. I didn't get an opportunity to see how they treat the grocery store clerk. You know what I'm saying? Like I didn't get an opportunity to see how they function in the world before I start jumping into this intimate space and like latching on to that. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Yeah, because like it get, you get caught up when you start playing with the physicality of everything and you negate everything else and then you're down this road. And right. then all of a sudden, because now you're like, well, that was fun. You've, you're coming down off of this high and you're looking at them and you're like, oh, I don't like that. And you start right. actually noticing who they are as a person. And it's just right. like, dude, like you right. could have learned all of that if you just would have pumped the brakes a little bit. But again, there's nothing wrong either. If your intention is just hookup culture, then hook up. That's totally fine. I'm not negating that either. Yeah, yeah. I think it's yeah, just yeah. a matter of people putting it out there and really being like, okay, this is what I'm looking for. Yeah. This is what I'm doing. And to speak to the idea of um, cheating yourself, um, I don't know. I think that's a little bit different with women, to be honest with you, because there's been times where I've looked at someone and I knew in like 10 minutes, I'm like, yeah, we can get our rocks off, but I don't want to see them ever again. <laughs> you know, and I'm, I don't feel like I'm missing a thing, <laughs> you know? And then there's other people who I'm just like, oh my gosh. I really enjoy speaking to this person. Like I on it, I've had conversations with people over like weeks at a time, challenged my mind in a way that I I rarely get on a dating scene. Hours of conversation on the phone. Never met the person. If you trying to catfish me, I ain't the one. <laughs> Cuz I know how to research. I will find you. <laughs> I will know. I will but know. It, I have a specific set of skills. Being a journalist will do it to you. But yeah, I had such a great time. And I enjoyed those weeks of conversation far more than the dates I've actually went on face-to-face with people. And Mm. so I think there's something to it. Like, it, it just depends on where you are in life. Because I think now, you know because I'm very clear on what I want and what I don't want. And I know very clearly who I am and who I'm not, that when I'm interacting and I'm meeting people, I can see like, okay, you don't, I mean, not, I'm not, I'm not always right in, in those mm-hmm. situations, but for a, for a good part of it, it's like you can read someone's spirit and you can feel their vibe. And it's just like, oh, okay, we can rock, you know? Mm-hmm. And I don't know if necessarily my younger self was like that. I think my younger self was was straight up um, on the animalistic tip. I don't think I've ever approached a, a guy being like, I really want to be his friend. Like, I will say that. I don't think I've, I've ever done that. I oh, think, yeah. you know, I don't think that's the intention. And so, and especially now as I'm older, it's kind of back to that. I don't seek out but I also don't seek out friendships. Like, I don't even care if you're a guy or a girl. I don't necessarily seek it. It just kind of, it kind of happens. And that's something that I do want to get better at mm. is um, 
intentionally seeking out friendships as an adult because it's harder. It's a lot harder. Yeah. Because we're all set in our ways. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's definitely a trust exercise. And I think like the things you were describing is just the evolution of of, of an individual self-awareness. Right. So like when we're self-aware, then we reveal enough of ourselves and we ask certain questions in order to understand where this could go and where this doesn't need to go. And I mean, honestly, like you said, we don't always get it right. But I think that what matters is how we make the mistakes. Right. So if we don't get it right, then how do we navigate that space? And the maturity of the person of the other person determines whether this could act. For example, we cursed each other out when we first met. So, <laughs> like, right. So so how we got out of that turned into a friendship. Right. It could have turned into nothing, but it turned into a friendship because we decided and to grow from it. We decided to learn from it. So I like the part where you were like, I don't really even though you say you want to work on it, you're like, I don't. Um, what did you say? You said, I don't just go up to someone. Oh, I, I think I want to be this person's friend. But I do ask myself, I wonder if this person is a friend. Hmm. Like, I wonder if this person is a friend. And I wonder what type of friend this person is, you know? And, like, I wonder if, you know, what I can learn from this person and how will I add value to this person's life? Like, what is it that I'll be able to share with this person? I ask myself that. Sometimes it's something and sometimes it's nothing, you know? Sometimes it's momentary and sometimes it's seasonal. You know, sometimes it's seasonal, sometimes it's long term. And I don't think it's not like I say it out loud or that it's on the forefront, but I can feel it in my intentions when I'm talking to people. Like when I'm at when I'm when in that first conversation, I'm like, oh, I wonder what I can learn from this person. You know what I mean? I don't I don't think I I pick up on that, but I do. I do notice whether or not I get excited around that person. Yeah. Like that is something I I'm just like, oh, this person tickles my brain I like it and I want to and that then makes me say oh I want I want more of that and I don't necessarily label it whether it's I want to bang them out or if I want them just as friends or I want them like whatever it's just that there's something that's fascinating about them and I feel like I do think of that for all genders that to me is is first and foremost because if you are not stimulating my mind I don't care uh, I don't I, I just can't be bothered. <laughs> I just really can't. I don't like small talk and I don't I, I we will have a very functioning interaction. I'm going to be respectful. But like people who I'm curious about, I, I, I I'm genuinely like, oh, my gosh, how does your brain work? Why? And I want to know who they are and I yeah. want to unpack that. And I, I mean, that might sound however it sounds, but it is what it is. And that's how I feel. Well, you're, you're a brain, you know, you're you're a brain. So. Yeah, I've always considered you the intellectual of the group, you know, with whatever group we're in, you're all, you're usually the intellectual and you like to be stimulated that way. I've also seen you respond to uh, sincerity as well. So sincerity without a degree of intellectual, I guess, prowess, right? So like <laughs> you will still respond positively if someone is just so warmly sincere that you you just yes. want to be around them. It doesn't matter. Like they're they're quirky. Even they're not making any sense. They got their facts wrong, but but they really do care about you or you know whoever's whatever around. Is yeah, whatever's no, going I- on. They're really taking their time to care. You can tell. 
Because earnestness is so rare to come across. And when you see it happening in front of you, it's like, it's like a unicorn. <laughs> like a delicacy. <laughs> You're just like, I, oh, I snap. more. Right. <laughs> What, what do you think about the idea that if you want to be a, if you want to have a good friend, be a good friend? Because oftentimes uh, we talk about friendship from the standpoint of what, and I just noticed it in myself, from what we're getting out of it mm-hmm. versus what we're giving. And I found lately that I keep a healthier mind state when I'm, even in my romantic relationships, when I'm just focusing on what I want to give and I give it. You know, if, if I, I'm just focusing on that, you know, without disrespecting my boundaries, but I'm just focusing on sincerity and giving. And, and I was thinking about that recently because I honestly feel like I'm a bad friend because I think of some of my other friends who are so good at checking in, uh-huh. um, calling or sending texts or sending cards and all that kind of like, you know what I mean? Like actively um, showing that they're there for me because we're we're many miles apart. We we live in different states. And I'm like, damn, I don't do any of those things. But when I, but I feel like I show up for people when it's needed, you know? Mm. And I, and I, and to me, it's like, I don't want to be the emergency clutch friend, you know? Like I want to be like your friend friend for the light stuff, the, the big life moments, the little life moments, the, the nothing moments, the tragic moments, whatever. Like I want to be a, a more well-rounded friend. But someone, I, I think I mentioned this once to um, to, to my, my other friend, Erin, and she was like, what are you talking about? You're a great friend. And then, but in my mind, I'm like, yeah, but you're like a super friend. <laughs> and uh, I just don't feel like it's reciprocated. But this might go back to what you said earlier in the sense of everybody providing different things but yet still feeling taken care of within the relationship. Yeah, well, you are a good friend, first of all. <laughs> you're, a good, you're a good friend to me. I don't know how you treat everybody else. <laughs> and that's none of my business because you're not my property. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, but I, it, like, I think there are some friendships that are crucial moment friendships. All right, I know a couple of people that I call when I'm losing my shit. And then there's some people that, you know, I can call for mid-level stuff. And there's some people that I can just call and talk nonsense with. And then there's some people that are all of the above. So, and I don't, what I try not to do is demand of myself to be all things to all people, including my circle of friendships. So I don't, ex- I try not to expect people to come from, come to me for the same things or some degree of what might seem like a higher level of friendship or, or even like, even to just go out and play. I like, I feel like I, I'm in a healthier mind state when I just allow people to be their authentic self from one moment to the next. And I'm able to respond honestly, you know, like, let's say if too much time had passed, you know, between, you know, whatever the last connection was, and I feel like I'm always the one reaching out. I think I would allow that conversation to formulate. I might initiate it a little bit, but I would allow it to formulate through some other real life experience that somebody's having, right? So I'm frustrated because I never hear from this person and this person, oh, boom, 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 and boom, boom, boom. I'm like, all right, let's, let's switch that, put in within the dynamic of our connection, 
you know, how often do we speak? Like, what can we do to improve our relationship? Do you feel like I reach out to you enough? Do you, you know what I'm saying? Right. I feel like if we're fluid with it, then it allows it to stay alive. That's true. And it's not transactional. If it becomes transactional, then we're talking about resources, like emotional resource, and then it becomes weird. And that's where romanticism wins all the time because (laughs) romanticism makes you feel like there's not enough. Like there's not enough. Like if you don't get that person or that type of person, then (laughs) what are you going to (laughs) do? Yeah. Right. So you got to freak out like you now you have to now you have to look around and look for templates to conform to in order to attract that thing that you want. Oh, my gosh, it's stressful. (laughs) I don't think friendship should be stressful. There's ups and downs. I think for us, once we've hit that early stages of really not getting along, and I know I'm probably downplaying it because it was mad awkward for a very long period of time. But after that. I don't think, um, yeah, it just, we've allowed our friendship to just grow and flow and let it just be. And I don't think we've had those moments, but I've had moments with other people where it was like, we need to have a check-in because right now yeah. I'm feeling some kind of way. And yeah. I've had that with people and, and with good friends, they, they take that and they're like, oh, I didn't realize that. I'm so sorry you're feeling this way and acknowledging my feelings right. before trying to defend whatever it is yeah you know defend their position so like in those situations i've seen friends come and i've seen friends go because of how you're able to handle those moments of 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 conflict right Right. and how do you how do you resolve those things what i value so much with us is that we never let too much time go before we check in with each other like everyone's busy, everyone's doing something. Even when you were touring and doing all bunch of things, you would send a text here and there and just be like, "Hey, what's up?" And yeah. it wasn't, it didn't have to be some grandioso thing, but it was like, "Oh, that's cool." Even in the midst of all of your chaos, you found a moment to 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 check in and value our friendship. And I think people forget to do that, regardless of um, gender within it. So I yeah. honestly believe men and women can be friends. It's just like you said. We ain't property. Right. <laughs> We're not each other's property. What What would you say? What What would you say? Because I was trying to think about some of the pitfalls, like some some things that could happen unintentionally that could cause some, I guess, friction between couple and then that friend. Right. So one thing that I think about is, you know, a situation where let's say I confided in you about something that was really important to me and I didn't to my wife, right? I guess it would just depend because I would depend ask. It is, yeah. It's a union, it's you and her. Like you you brought the government in your shit. You know what I mean? Like that's how you know your stuff is serious, you know? So she needs to be a part of that conversation no matter what the situation is. That's how I feel about it. Only because, really? yeah. And not to say that I'm gonna be like, well, I'm gonna go and tell her. No. But, <laughs> I'm going to, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going to ask you those questions. I'm going to be like, okay, where's your head at? Yeah. Did you speak to her? Why are you not speaking to her? Yeah. Okay, are we trying to get clear first before you speak to her? Because right. if this should, if this is going to be something that, je- that has any impact on her, she needs to be involved. That's how yeah. I, like out of, because I see long-term having your back, that's part of having your back is having yeah. her back. See that right there, that response coupled with someone who's willing to take that and keep that in consideration 
is a friendship, right? So if I wasn't willing to accept that, because if I'm not willing to consider the, 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 the impact, the emotional impact that this might have on, on my partner, then what's up with me? Yeah. So, I mean, I think it's just a matter of like, I, at the end of the day, it's about communication. To yeah. me, I feel like it always will boil down to communication. If you don't know how to talk, if you don't right. know how to express yourself, if you don't know how to listen, then it doesn't matter what gender that person is. You got problems. Right. Period. Yeah. That's it. I feel like there's always an opportunity to broaden our capacity for different levels of interactions with people so long as we're committed to managing ourselves, you know, and respecting the dynamics of each relationship. You know, I'm into it. (laughs) I I like the challenge because there's I'm always going to I know as so long as I step outside the door, I'm going to interact with somebody. And then I'm and then the person that is responsible for what happens is me. It's not them. It's not my wife. It's me. Through the course of our friendship, I have definitely watched you grow and mature and just evolve into an amazing man from from <laughs> them early days of. Um, I'm trying to figure it out. You know what I'm saying? I'm trying to figure it out. Aren't we all? Just trying to figure it out. Well, this is a beautiful thing. <laughs> I think we're so it's cool that you're doing this topic and we're a success story. Proof, people, because right. at no point did we hook up. At nope. No, no, it, it 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 was born from I couldn't stand you. You couldn't stand me. And somehow in that dynamic, we created and nurture and continue to nurture um, this friendship that I value so deeply. So and and I think it's something that also has helped me um, in in just moving through the world. So yeah, we're we're a success story. We are Cheers. a success story, <laughs> and, and, and I I value it too. And and thank you for the compliment earlier as well. I appreciate you. Yeah, it means a lot. I want to share. I don't know how much time we have. It doesn't look like we have that much time. But I um, you want to hear some beautiful quotes about friendship? Yes, yes, yes. I'm on ikedaquotes.org. Daisaku Ikeda, who I, you know, I consider my mentor in life. He has these quotes about friendship that I feel like reflect the success that is our success story, right? So <laughs> it, uh, he says, I believe friendship is the most genuinely humane relationship of which we are capable. To be understood and appreciated for oneself is a vital experience in life. Also says, Friendship is not a matter of the amount of time you spend with someone. Rather, it is a measure of the strength and depth of the spiritual resonance that arises between you. Friendship is tested and proven in adversity. Perhaps only those who have suffered truly demoralizing blows can fully appreciate the beauty of friendship. You know, iron sharpens iron. Like that rubbing together creates something right. that is strong and, and able right. to, to, to push forward. And that's what right. having dynamic friendships can do yeah final notes love is love is uh you know i think love is a practice i think it's revealing and i think it's transformative and i think it needs all three of those things in order to be truly uh appreciated what is one book everyone should read 
The Inner Philosopher, I'm not sure how to pronounce this gentleman's last name, but the title is The Inner Philosopher, Conversations on Philosophy's Transformative Power by Lou Marinoff and Daisaku Ikeda. What song would be the theme music to your life? Right now, I think the song I would choose is, uh, it's called Brother to Brother by uh, an artist named Gino Vanelli. Look it up. (laughs) (laughs) What is your motto? My motto is heart over mind over matter. What is something that is loved by many, but you find overrated? Hard power, violence. You think that's loved by many? Oh, yeah. Violence is definitely romanticized and loved. It's loved as a tool for getting what, you know, getting what we want, sort of. It's believed to be the answer, but I think it's really overrated. Well, that was heavy. (laughs) (laughs) So where can people find you? If they want to. No. (laughs) (laughs) Are you still on that social media ban for yourself? Well, I'm, like you could find my, you could find George Tandy Jr. on Instagram, but you ain't gonna see no photos or nothing. I'm just out here lurking right now. <laughs> I have nothing to say until I do. I'm going for a year. Like I think uh, I have a couple more days, and I'll have been a year off of social media, which has been. But that's a whole nother, that's a whole nother conversation. <laughs> a year, that's wild. It's been right. awesome. I bet. I currently just do um, a day. I usually am rarely on social media on Sundays. I usually take like a day to sort of unplug. I want to I wanna promote Sammy Sometimes <laughs> podcast. <laughs> I think that after you finish listening to this one, you should go listen to the other ones multiple times and tell your friends and tell your friends to tell their friends. Thank you for listening to Sammy Sometimes, a podcast. It's very much appreciated. Don't forget to subscribe and share this podcast. You can follow me on all social media platforms at chasing underscore Sammy. Until next time.